daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Eat women, eat girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Hi, welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors. And as you know, we are all about how do we educate and connect women with funding? And I have on the ideal guest for that today. She's raised millions of dollars for her company, tech company called All Voices. We're going to talk about how exciting this is. Uh, and what they do. Uh, please welcome to the show, Claire Schmidt. Hi, Claire. How are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Oh my gosh. I love having someone like yourself on the show because you've actually done it. You know, there's so many women out there saying, how do I raise millions of dollars? And here you've raised 13.6 million. It's amazing. Uh, you have an incredible tech product. Um, you just shared with me that you just closed your series a of $9 million. Um, you are such an inspiration to other female founders. So I want to talk about your journey to raising those funds and what your really cool technology is all about. It's such perfect timing with the me too movement. All voices is an incredible technology that reports for corporations from what I understand, you know, uh, sexual harassment in real time so that things are dealt with in a more, um, in, in a, in a faster way. Right. Yeah, it started. Um, so I started the company after reading Susan Fowler's blog post about her experience at Uber with sexual harassment. Um, and really I was thinking about why are we asking employees to come forward and report issues, um, not even knowing how that conversation is going to go or whether they might be retaliated against. And my hypothesis was most people are not even speaking up because that process is so scary and intimidating um, and so if they're not speaking up, then companies aren't aware of it. So Susan Fowler's case was in a way an outlier because there were probably other people within Uber who were experiencing harassment as well and just not telling anyone. Um, so I started thinking about, could there be a technology solution that we could introduce in some way to employees and to employers at the same time that would allow employees to speak up in a way that felt safe to them about not only harassment, but really any issue that was happening in the workplace that they hadn't felt comfortable sharing directly with leaders. This is a perfect example of someone coming up with a technology solution that there was such a need for, and therefore making it a bit easier, although never easy, to raise funding, I think. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your background because, you know, how did you get from, from there to here? Um, and you'd shared with me that you were born in Philly and grew up in Portland. And I know you're here in LA where I am now. And you had been a vice president of technology for um, 20th Century Fox. Uh, and so I guess that's where your technology um, abilities uh, really developed. And you probably saw working in a corporation like that, perhaps that there was a need for something like this. 
Um, also impressive that you worked with Thorn, which was uh, Digital Defenders of Children, trying to help with self uh, with um, sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you have really devoted your abilities to create te- technology for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it once again here, I see, with uh, this technology, All Voices. Let's talk about your journey. So you have this great idea. Uh, women listening to our show are often female founders that are looking for funding. How did you start fundraising for this? What was your first step? Yeah, so um, I was still working at Fox and um, decided after I had started thinking a lot more about the topic and doing some research, I decided the first step would actually be try to get a sense of what could this product look like, right? Because I needed to have something in mind before I went out and, and fundraised, right? They say like your, your pre-seed fundraising or your seed fundraising is sometimes just about the idea, but I really needed to solidify and clarify the idea. So I was working with a number of um, advisors and supporters from very early on, actually including, including Susan uh, Fowler from Uber, who is an engineer and had a lot of thoughts about the product. Um, also a few people in my network, like, um, Sean Rad, who was the founder of Tinder and has a fantastic product mind and ended up becoming a co-founder, um, Spencer Raskoff, who was at the time, the CEO of Zillow and saw a great need for something like this and ended up becoming an investor and advisor. So I was getting a lot of feedback and input and support from those people who would ultimately be like the users of the platform. And then I was also getting a lot of feedback and input from employees, people who worked at companies and have issues pop up and don't currently, you know, at the time didn't have a way to, to address them in a way that felt comfortable. So I was kind of getting input and feedback on the product as it started to develop from these two stakeholder groups. Um, And I think that was really instrumental because sometimes there's a tendency to like create for the buyer, um, like, okay, well, what does our buyer need? Let's just do everything focused on what they want and what they need and not really even think about the end user because they're not the one making the decision. And my perspective was if employees don't feel safe using it, the product is basically worthless. And so I needed to get their input from the very beginning. So did a lot of like user testing with employees and Um, product conversations with groups of friends and stuff like that. And once I felt like I was in a good enough place to actually go out and show like mock-ups of the product to investors, that's when I started fundraising. And the great thing was um, I already had a couple of um, commitments to invest from um, Spencer Raskoff and um, Adam Miller, who is the founder of Cornerstone On Demand. Um, so I was going into that fundraising process with commitments already from a couple of really, you know, key players in, in this space. I love that. You just gave some really great key information uh, to people that are trying to, or women that are trying to raise money. Uh, one is uh, with the tech or software, you were looking at not just the businesses that were going to want to utilize it but also the end user. I think that was critical. And thanks for sharing that. I think people would wonder, how did you get these key name people of these uh, that are already founders of big companies to get on board with your concept? 
Was it just that they believed in you and believed in your concept? Like, what did you show them? Because I think that's a great piece of advice to bring in already known entities, which I gather is what helped you get those first investors that was also critical to launching your investment opportunity. Yeah, I mean, so part of it was the the process that I went through, but part of it we have to remember was this was a very, very unique time. So it just so happened that I was paying attention to this topic very closely starting in, you know, the, the spring of 2017, um, tracking, you know, all the news that was coming out about over the summer, it was really focused on like the Me Too, um, uh, it wasn't yet the Me Too movement necessarily, but it was like Me Too conversations happening in the venture capital community. So VCs were the targets of these conversations and these media pieces. And those were the very people that I would be going to later to ask them to, um, to invest. So they were already very like plugged into what was happening in this, um, in this moment in time. And then also like in the fall, the Harvey Weinstein news had just come out when I kind of got to a place where I was ready to, to fundraise and to leave Fox and step down and and make it all official. Um, so that news came out in early October. That was like around the exact same time that I resigned from my job. So the timing was really key. And I think when you're having these early conversations with potential investors, part of that conversation needs to be why this product now, like, why is there a need for it today? Um, that might be different than, you know, two years ago, five years ago, maybe it's an advancement in technology. Maybe it's an intense focus on the space, but whatever it is, Um, Just being able to articulate that, because I think I had this massive tailwind as the Me Too movement exploded right as I was starting these fundraising conversations. And instead of people saying when they got my outreach, you know, why would we support this or like, why is this needed? It was a topic that was top of mind for almost everyone at the time. So they immediately said, wow, the media and everyone has been focusing so much on this problem. And someone is coming to me with a pretty far along solution. Um, So I should pay attention. And I think that was a big part of how I was able to get such support so early. Amazing. And, and timing is everything when you're talking about getting investments or creating a product that has a need Um, with your uh, product, how far along was it? Is it, and is it um, software? Is it in an app format and, and how far along was it when you started to pitch these investors? So it's a web-based application. um, And at the time it was just designs. So there was no application um, Mm -hmm. when I was starting those conversations, but over time we started to develop um, what, what this would be. And Sean was really supportive uh, financially, like kind of helping out with some of the funds ahead of time so that we could actually get the product into a, like beta state. Um, but also I raised on a safe note. And so, Mm -hmm. um, one thing that's different about that is you don't need to find a lead. Um, so you're not waiting, you know, through all these conversations just to get to someone who will lead the round, who will set the price, who, which then enables you to go out to everyone else. Um, you can just raise. And so I had those early commitments. As soon as I opened up the note, I was able to actually take in those funds. 
So they were wiring it to me right away. It wasn't like, well, we'll wait until you get to the full amount that you're raising and then we'll all wire on the same day. So we had those funds kind of trickling in over a few months, which helped us hire engineers and do all the things we needed to do to get um, the app ready. Right. Which is a plus of doing it. The, the vehicle of uh, a safe um, is that you don't have to have that valuation and you don't have to be that far along where you can start taking the monies in. Um, what would be your advice to someone? They're at a company, they have an idea. I mean, you stepped down from a really big job to start this company. At what point did you say, this makes sense to leave my really amazing job and, and, and really go it as a female entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean... It was a really tough decision in some ways because um, I didn't have all the money raised. So I wasn't, you know, able to pay myself for a while and or I didn't feel comfortable doing that. I felt like the money needed to go into the product development. I was stepping down from a job where I was really well um, compensated. So um, that was tough just from like a practical and logistical perspective, but And I really, really enjoyed all the people that I worked with, the nature of the work. But the reason that I knew it was time to step down is that I could not stop thinking about all voices. Um, I would go home from work every day and I had seemingly, you know, unlimited energy to work on this second, second project. I would get like a second wind um, and send emails out and, you know, talk to designers and do all these things that were really, really exciting to me. And I was looking at the massive unmet need for something like this and thinking about all the people that it would potentially help. And I really wasn't able to um, basically talk my way out of going to do it. I just, I was so like focused and I kept coming back to it. And I even got to a point where I was like, well, maybe I should try to find someone who wants to run this full time and I can keep doing my job at Fox. And I just didn't want to part with it. It was like, it it was kind of unthinkable to me. So there are definitely like very hard times in running a startup, no matter what, no matter how much you love the idea, um, no matter how great your team is. And I'm lucky to have all of those things. Um, So you have to be doing something that you're passionate about and that you, you know, you really can't imagine doing anything else. Um, and that is what has sustained me through any challenging moments. Yeah. You know, I always say that to female founders who are thinking about doing this and raising money is that exactly what you just said, you have to be so passionate about it that you just can't not do it. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, have feel like there's such a purpose, like you said, that, you know, you really felt like you have to do this because if you don't do it, who is going to do it? And it's such an important thing. You're going to help so many women. Um, is it being utilized in companies now? Like now that you've raised the money and you, you, you're, I take it you've uh, implemented this into some companies? Yes, it is. So we got, um, I think it was around March or April of 2018. That's when we really had a fully operational version of the product up. And um, we had actually had companies because of the nature of this moment. um, We had announced in the press that we were building it. We had had companies come to us and ask, like, can I sign a contract to start using this tool as soon as it's ready? 
Um, so we were in a really unique position where we had signed paying contracts before we even had a product. Wow. Um, that's so, amazing. Yeah. So we were able to launch right away, basically once we had something that was, that was ready to be used by employees and, and HR leaders. And everything. I take it, uh, some HR leaders, some companies and some employees have given you feedback about how impactful this has been. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so we've now been um, at a lot of our companies since early 2018. So they've been able to have it throughout, you know, the pandemic and throughout all of the changes that we've seen over the past few years. Um, and what I've noticed is that the way in which it's being used has expanded over time and evolved over time. It started really as a way for people to report misconduct. Um, but now it's so much bigger than that, right? It's feedback, questions, comments, ideas. Um, and it was surprising to me, you know, as I started to get that, that feedback that, that that was happening, it was surprising to me that in some cases, employees would want to be anonymous to share, you know, positive feedback with leadership. Um, and what I realized is some people just don't feel comfortable in general, speaking up about anything good or bad. Um, for whatever reason, maybe they don't know who to share it with. Maybe they're not, they don't want to waste someone's time. Maybe they're not sure if it would be, you know, looked at in a certain way. Um, and so they're choosing to use the platform to do it. And I think it's incredible because there's always going to be a, a group of people who are comfortable speaking up, but historically everyone else has just gone unheard. And so now they have a channel to speak up as well. And leaders can get the full picture of what's happening with their employees. So let me ask you this. A large corporation uses all voices. And the way it works is, let's say a woman is being harassed by someone in the company. She can go into the app and report that. And is that anonymous? Yes, exactly. So it's anonymous. Um, one and of the, the reason, and the reason that women weren't reporting it is because it wasn't anonymous and it affected their position. And so that's taken that layer away. That's what was holding them back. Yes, exactly. So we actually just did um, a survey uh, of, I think a thousand employees. We published a big report about it called the state of workplace harassment. Um, and what we found in that survey was that 85% of people said they would be more likely to report workplace harassment if they could do so anonymously. And a lot of them have never had an anonymous channel, right? All Voices is not in every company. Um, every company does not have an anonymous channel for people to speak up about these issues. And so um, we still have a long way to go, but we know, especially if you look at data like that, how meaningful that could be to people. And so that's a big part of what's driving how we built this, why we're doing what we're doing and why we want to continue to grow quickly. I love that. And it, it is, uh, sounds like a great solution. I can imagine that you must have had some people say, well, what if they're reporting it and it's not true? Like, how do you determine if the anonymous message is real? Is it that it's coming from different sources about the same person or what is it that legitimizes that? So what we tell all of our customers is that 
this is just an additional reporting channel, right? If, if someone came and sat down directly with an HR person and said, this person has been harassing me, that wouldn't be the end of the conversation, right? That wouldn't be, you know, okay, I'm going to walk into his office and fire him, right? It's just the start. And so that's what All Voices is as well. It's a starting point. Um, We built uh, initially just the reporting mechanism, which is like one way. And then we built a two-way communication channel immediately after so that as soon as someone reported an issue, that leader who received it could reach back out to them um, in a really simple and easy way and ask follow-up questions, encourage them to come forward, tell them what the process would be like, because the problem is there's no way to like come forward halfway and then back out and say, never mind, I, I don't want to pursue this further. I don't want right. to talk to you about it. Then, you know, if, if you're in an unhealthy work environment um, or you're in a situation where you might experience retaliation, it's kind of too late. You already spoke up. And so the way that we um, ensure that they can be protected is really to, um, give them that sort of starting point. Um, and then from there, the conversation or the process, um, follows very similarly to what would happen if someone was reporting something in person. And, and I could see, you know, if, if eight or 10 different people are complaining about the same person that kind of legitimizes it. You know, it's not one person, it's many people as was common when you would hear about these cases in these various corporations, it usually wasn't that they were harassing one person. It's often that they're harassing many people in the same workplace. So um, I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, it was there's such a need for it. I can see why people are funding it. Uh, thanks for sharing how you got yours funded. I know you said you just did your Series A of nine million dollars, uh, 13.6 million total. Uh, since you're doing the Series A, does that mean you're headed eventually to maybe going public? Yeah, I mean, I think our mission and our north star is. We want this tool in the hands of as many employees as possible. And so the way that we could achieve that is obviously for now by just continuing to grow as rapidly as we can um, by having a consumer facing product as well, which we do have um, so that people don't need to wait for their company to sign up to use it. Um, And then, yeah, by eventually going public, um, being acquired or just continuing to raise more money and grow more and more quickly. And what did you mean by a consumer product that their company doesn't have to have it? Can you explain that? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So, so if you think about, you know, what I just mentioned, if our North star is getting the tool into as many hands of as many employees as possible, um, then one of the things we thought about was what about like the last company who's going to sign up for all voices? What do the people there do? Um, because maybe it's a company that has a really unhealthy culture and will just be the least interested out of every company in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So we realized we wanted to have something that would be a resource for employees who are working at that company, right? Or companies like it. So if you go to our website, you can today report an issue that you've experienced in the workplace, um, even if your company is not signed up with us yet, and we will pass it along to your company completely free of charge and allow them to use um, 
just the messaging feature to get back in touch with you and try to help you through the process, whether it's, you know, providing support, providing resources, asking questions, um, giving you the name of a person to talk to. So you can do that today, no matter which company you work for. Wow. That's amazing. I'm glad that you thought about that solution as well. Um, well, we're going to be watching all voices. How do we follow you? What is the website and your social? Yeah. So go to, um, allvoices.co. That's our, our website. And that's where you can find, um, everything. We have a ton of resources. We have blogs, we have webinar, we have a podcast. Um, so we have a lot of resources for anybody thinking about this topic or, um, wanting to learn more. And then that links out to all of our social platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook, and everything else. And all your socials under all voices. Yeah, I think Twitter is All Voices Co. Okay, um, great. Instagram is All Voices. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, we will be following you. Um, everybody can remember also to follow She Angel Investors, uh, She Angels Invest. And uh, just remember to invest in her. We always encourage that. Uh, we're going to follow all voices and have people listening, tell their companies about you, use it as individuals and just spread the word because this is an amazing solution to the Me Too problem. Claire Schmidt, thank you so much for sharing this with us today and uh, have a great week. Thank you. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.